Hello, and welcome to the Personal Injury Law Podcast. My name is Jonathan Rosenfeld, an attorney at Rosenfeld Injury Lawyers, LLC. This podcast is here to break down the barriers when it comes to the world of personal injury law. Each podcast will go into detail about a specific legal issue or type of personal injury case, from everyday occurrences to the esoteric. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. For more information, visit my website at rosenfeldinjurylawyers.com. Hello, I am Jonathan Rosenfeld, and today I am joined by my colleague, Marty Gould, and we are going to talk about the Zantac litigation. Uh, Marty, first off, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, John. Marty, to begin with, I want to talk about Zantac lawsuits in 2021. Um, I'd like you to sort of bring us up to date in terms of what the status of the Zantac litigation is. Um, you know, lots of cases have been filed, lots of news headlines, but can you sort of bring us up to date in terms of where the litigation stands as of today in 2021? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me on, John. Uh, in terms of where we're at with the Zantac cases, hundreds and hundreds of cases have been filed across the country, thousands of cases. Uh, they've been consolidated into a multi-district litigation in Florida, in the Southern District of Florida. This is done for efficiency purposes so that the discovery in the case can be performed at the same time and you don't have different rulings in hundreds of different courts. Each case is still an individual case because everybody's injuries and exposures are different. Uh, but this stage of the case is all being done at the same time. We can expect some of the first trials, what's called bellwether trials, to go at the end of 2022. That's, that's the hope. And that will give us a, a good assessment of what's going to happen with this litigation. So one of the things that is related to every single type of uh, civil action is the statute of limitations, the, the time that you have to file a lawsuit. Um, how does the statute of limitations come into play with respect to uh, Zantac lawsuits? In other words, if someone's watching this and they're, you know, they think they may have a potential case and they're asking you, uh, how long do I have to file a case? What, how would you respond to that? Well, the first question I would ask is, in what state did you take Zantac? So one of the most important things is for a client or potential client to immediately call a lawyer and have them assess their case because the statute of limitations that would apply would be the one typically where the exposure happened. So where the client was, was buying the Zantac, taking it. Uh, and, that, and that state statute of limitations for personal injury cases, for products liability cases would apply. Uh, so that's why it's very important for uh, somebody who may have a case to immediately call a lawyer experienced in this uh, type of case and find out when your statute of limitations is. In terms of civil cases, everything ultimately comes down to, to one thing. It's, it's really about getting compensation, getting financial compensation for your particular injury, for your particular situation. Um, in terms of the Zantac cases, um, 
a lot of times people are asking, you know, is there a, a set payout for uh, a Zantac lawsuit? What is the average settlement for a Zantac case? Um, we know that these cases are still really much in their infancy uh, as far as the litigation goes, but can you give us an idea as to the elements of damages in these cases and how they may be valued? So like you mentioned, we're, we're still in the earlier stages of the case. Kate, there's no cases that have settled yet. Um, you know, every case is going to be different. It's going to be the value of the case is going to be contingent on the individual diagnoses, the treatment and the experience of that person. You know, these are people who have cancer. Many of them are undergoing uh, chemotherapy, invasive surgeries. Some people have lost loved ones. These are catastrophic injuries. Um, so in, in a personal injury case like this, you can pursue compensation for uh, physical and emotional pain and suffering, uh, lost wages, lost earning capacity, you know, lost, if you lost a loved one, you know, loss of society, loss of support, um, you know, emotional distress. These are all things that you can legally seek compensation for. And everybody's case is going to be a little bit different based off their experiences, but these are very serious cases uh, and they're being treated as very serious cases. So potentially, you know, er people could be looking at substantial damages uh, just in terms of their past and future medical care alone in some of these situations, correct? Exactly. And you can get, you know, the past medical expenses, expenses which can be significant in, in a cancer case, future medical care. Um, monitoring of somebody's cancer, you know, in those cases where someone hopefully ha has survived and is in remission. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, we're alleging that, you know, lives were lost, families were ruined. Uh, these are very serious and catastrophic injuries, and, and that's the way this case should be treated. Now, one of the things that people also look at, you know, and, and when I say people look at, you know, a lot of times you can see what the, the, what is trending on the on the internet. But one of the things that comes up periodically is has anyone won a Zantec lawsuit in, in uh, as of today, as of August, 2021? Um, I think you mentioned earlier uh, that these cases are, are really early on in terms of their litigation. But if someone's looking and saying, hey, has anyone won a, a Zantec lawsuit? The, the short answer is what? The short, the short answer, John, is no. Nobody has tried these cases yet. Uh, the discovery is still ongoing. There's a lot being done right now. The goal is to have trials go in 2022. The expectation is probably toward the end of the year. There's much that has to be done before that. And those will be the bellwether cases. Those first, those first cases going to trial, uh, which will be critical and important in terms of assessing uh, what's gonna happen with this litigation. In terms of who can file a Zantac lawsuit, um, who would qualify to file a, a lawsuit against the manufacturer of uh, Zantac um, under the, the guidelines that we're you, you know, using as of today? Um, you know, is it the individual? Is it the family? Is it both? Can you give us an idea as to who may qualify to bring the case? Sure. So in terms of who may bring the case, uh, typically it would be the person who uh, took the Zantac and 
has cancer, if, if it's a situation where tragically that person has already died, the family can bring the case on behalf of that loved one. So they would bring the case as the administrators of the estate of the, the family member who is now deceased. Uh, the, the criteria that we're looking at is has the person, did the, did, did the individual take Zantac on a daily or regular basis for at least six months? And after taking Zantac, uh, were you diagnosed with any of the following cancers? And these are cancers that are most closely associated um, with uh, links to NDMA in the gastrointestinal system, which the drug was impacting. Those cancers are stomach and gastric cancer, intestinal cancer, bladder cancer, esophageal cancer, liver cancer, pancreatic cancer, and breast cancer. Uh, but every case is different. So that's why it's very important to speak to a lawyer who can tell you whether or not you meet that criteria. If someone's watching this video and they're saying to themselves, you know what, I may have one of those conditions. I, I did take Zantac for a long period of time, but I don't have that product with me anymore. Um, I either stopped taking it, I, I threw it out. Um, how does someone prove that they took Zantac uh, at some point uh, in their lives? Step one is we always ask the potential client, do you have the Zantac box at your house? If you do, you want to preserve it. That's something that we're going to want to hold on to. Uh, that aside, there's many different ways where we can prove that you took uh, Zantac. If there's any receipts from purchases from like a Walgreens, a CVS, or any other uh, drugstore, medical records, sometimes there's going to be references to the fact that you were taking Zantac, or you might have been prescribed Zantac from your doctor, uh, and that certainly will be in the record. Uh, local pharmacy records, you know, oftentimes people had rewards programs, re rewards cards, uh, where their name and, and their entire uh, history of the drugs that they purchased at the store are documented. And even in, in cases where you don't have any of that, you know, this is something that could have been purchased over the counter. Uh, the testimony of, of the witness or family members, that's, that's also evidence. So, you know, if we get an affidavit from you or if you take a deposition and you say that you are purchasing Zantac, uh, that's evidence in the case. Or if you have a family member who can, who can attest to that. So bottom line is don't let the lack of immediate physical evidence uh, dissuade you from uh, bringing uh, a potential case and filing a claim, correct? Correct. So, you know, in the roundup cases, many people they would uh, sign off on affidavits attesting to the fact that they had purchased Roundup or they were exposed to Roundup, you know, in their, uh, in their backyard, gardening and what have you. You know, so the testimony alone is also evidence in the case in addition to everything else we talked about. Marty, um, one of the, the, the uh, I guess, types of litigation that this sort of falls under, that the Zantac falls under is, you know, is this a considered to be a mass tort? Um, you know, and the word mass tort seems to get thrown around a lot. Um, can you explain to us what a mass tort is and what a class action is and how are they pretty much the same? Are they different? 
Um, give us a little bit of a breakdown of that and how you would categorize the, the Zantac litigation. So we're taking these cases on as mass torts and that's because we treat every client uh, and every case is a separate case. You know, everybody's had different exposures, uh, different injuries resulting, and everybody's uh, experiences are different. You know, some people tragically lost loved ones, some people you know, beat the cancer. So these are all factors that, that are taken into a case, but in terms of how the case is managed, uh, these are being managed as a multi-district litigation. We have one judge who's presiding over essentially all the cases in the pre-trial stages. Uh, they're managing, you know, so you have, you have rulings regarding uh, discovery matters that are being handled uh, in a consistent manner. And then cases are being tried on an individual basis uh, where the individual merits of each case is being tried. Uh, that's important too, because, you know, in some cases people really did have catastrophic losses and that's important for the jury uh, and the defendants to understand that. In terms of a class action, uh, it's similar in the respect that you have one court overseeing the discovery process, uh, but you have a few plaintiffs that are filing a case representing the entire class. So each individual isn't necessarily having their case looked at in an individual capacity. Uh, and in a, in a class action case, generally, everybody gets the same amount of, of recovery. You know, they have the same case, same amount of recovery. Um, rather than having individual recoveries based off of individual experiences. So in, in, the, in the case of uh, Zantac and, and Roundup, where there's a, um, what's called an MDL that you mentioned, the damages in the cases are evaluated on an individual basis as opposed to a, a holistic base where you know, the damages are looked at on a specific basis, case-by-case -case basis, correct? Exactly. Uh, Marty, this was great uh, information. Um, I appreciate your, your time, your expertise with these updates. And uh, I look forward to talking with you again as these cases continue to uh, mature through the, the uh, litigation process. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Personal Injury Law Podcast. I'm Jonathan Rosenfeld. If you or anyone you know would like more information on any of the topics on the podcast, please visit my website at rosenfeldinjurylawyers.com. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Please feel free to rate the show and leave a review. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.